For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Welcome back to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, as always, Shane Told, as I bring you into the backstage conversations that I have with other lead singers. And today, we have a great episode with Jimmy Wizard of Higher Power, a newer band a band that's undergone some changes recently. They've recently signed to a major label. They just put out a record that's awesome. And it was really my pleasure to speak with Jimmy, a great guy, a good old bloke from the UK. And uh, this is a great episode. So sit back and enjoy with me right now. I'm on tour with my band Silverstein. We are in Charlotte, North Carolina at the moment, celebrating 20 years of Silverstein, which is... Very exciting. The tour has been going so well so far. We just finished up the East Coast. And uh, yeah, we're heading down south to the nice weather. Oh, it was a beautiful day today. And uh, yeah, there's a coronavirus. Uh, That's a thing that's happening right now in the news. Maybe you've heard about it. And um, to be honest, I don't know what's happening um, at all yet. We are playing it by ear out here, as I'm sure you are too in your life. But uh yeah, I don't know. We, uh, we've been washing our hands, and it's uh, about all we can do. And uh, hey, it is what it is. I want to remind you guys, of course, you can always get in touch with me. Feel free to email me, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read all my email. And check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. A lot of new members lately. Very cool stuff. Basically, that is what keeps this thing going week after week for free. People contribute money, and it goes a long way. And uh, check it out. Yeah, you get a bunch of bonus stuff, too. It's uh, really good. 
The link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. I want to thank everyone that tuned in last week as well. My conversation with Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. I knew it was a great episode. The feedback I got was amazing too. So if you missed that one, go back and listen to it. And then maybe go back and listen to the other 213 episodes. Uh, Yeah, it's very, it's just really great. I've been able to do this for so long. And week after week, I get really excited about doing this. And um, I think that the last few episodes have been so good. Um, So yeah, thanks for all the support. Thanks for all the love. Of course, if you do like the show, other than joining the All Access Club, which really helps, tell a friend, tell a loved one, go on iTunes, write a review, preferably five stars. That all helps kind of spread the word of this thing. And make sure you hit that subscribe button as well so you don't miss all the awesome episodes coming up in the next little while, including Bert from The Used. That's coming up real soon. I know that's a long-awaited guest, so you could expect that coming in the next couple weeks and many, many more. Anyway, let's jump in to this week's episode of my conversation with Jimmy Wizard of Higher Power. Jimmy, Hello. what's up? What's up, man? Hey, sorry about the mix up you? with the time, dude. It's alright. I think it's uh, my end's fault. I was like, I'll make sure it's twelve o'clock Tucson time. So like, and I made a plan to drive to a Starbucks for twelve, and then yeah, uh, it's all good though. God damn it! <laughs> Classic yeah, call. this shit always happens. Yeah, no, it's you're in a you're in a part of the country that's like <laughs> fucked for time zones too, like Arizona. I think it's Arizona. They never actually change time zones. So t- sometimes it's three hours behind the uh, East Coast. Sometimes it's two hours. Because I'm in I'm in the East Eastern time right now, and it's it's uh just after one o'clock. So uh, oh shit yeah. So hey man, whatever. It's uh thanks yeah, for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for taking <laughs> the time. Right. I know you guys are are. I mean, it's a busy busy time for your band. Um, congratulations on the new record. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a whirlwind, but it's, it's fun. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's been out for like a week now, uh, exactly a yeah. week now. It's called Twenty Seven Miles Underwater. Um, and you know, I have a thing about second albums. Uh, it's talked about on this show all the time that pretty much no band has ever made a bad second album, you know, historically in music, and has come yeah. back from that. <laughs> no band has ever recovered from a bad second record. So, uh, you know, you guys being such a oof, uh, always an interesting case because you're you're very difficult to pigeonhole musically. Was there a lot of pressure going into this album, especially with you know everything going on behind the scenes? I think for me personally, I viewed it as kind of like this is our first real album as a band because soul structure was basically like me alex and louis kind of just jamming songs sometimes it'd just be me and alex sometimes and we i'll teach it louis and then sometimes it'd just be louis and alex and he'd try and teach it to the other two guys but you know we it was very disc 
disjointed. Right. Like the like soul structure to me was very like rushed and not very well thought out on our side. We just wanted to get a record. We're just hungry to get a record out. So sure, like, sure. I went into Twenty Seven Miles with the under like with the mindset that it's like okay, this is this is the the real go. This is the real go at it. Like soul structure was like a practice, you know. And we <laughs> yeah. learned, and I was like, so we took everything, every mistake that we did doing that record, and you know every, the whole process, and just was like, right, well, we're not doing that again. We do, this is the this is our real shot at it. Like let's make a real LP that's like really thought out and you know, we all play in a room together and we all put everything into you know and, and yeah, so that's that was yeah. my mindset going yeah. in. So yeah. I wasn't really nervous. I was just like, Cool, I've fucked up before. Like now I know what to do. Like right. let's let's do it. Like <laughs> Well yeah, I mean you guys have been road dogs, I mean road warriors for the last uh, couple years, uh, at least you know, um, since yeah. that record came out and you've, you've learned a lot, but what's always, you know, I found very interesting is you guys have been very, very, uh, credible. Um, you've been looked at as a cool band, you know, a band's bands, you've gotten a lot of great tours, <laughs> um, and you've seen what, you know, uh, the, some of the most successful bands, uh, you know, in the scene, in the genre, whatever you want to call it, have done. Um, have you kind of been sitting back watching those bands and say, okay, this is, this is kind of how the pros do it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, like I said, we, for some reason, we've always had like a lot of support from our like friends and friends and bands. And then we, yeah, like I said, we get to tour with like, you know, we've toured with you guys. Yeah. We've toured with these bands that like have like a solid fan base and have had for a long time. So like, yeah literally the whole time was just spent like watching how these bands operate because that that's initially the goal like i you know like i'm not it's not like what i'm trying to trying to do but like you know everyone's goal in the band is to have that to have like a longevity and you know to be able to go and play a city and have you know like five six hundred uh, obviously more but you know at the <laughs> bottom and like yeah yeah with sure. a fill out fill out a room of like five six hundred people and you know, have have a good headline show. So, yeah, like I've just always watched how bands operate, and you know, like I said, I'm not. It's not like I'm not trying to sell out to do it, but it's also a world I've always been very interested in. And you know, anyone starting a band would want would want those basic goals for their bands. So yeah, right. I've just I've just always watched and learned this. I've always done that. I've always been the person to like. I'll, I'm very. I'm in some ways I'm easily manipulated. But like in in other ways, I'm always the person that if I know someone's better or something than me, and they're doing it better or they're like more successful in what I'm trying to do, I, I, I'll always try and take in as much information as them from them as yeah, I can. Like, absolutely. So that's, yeah, that's, that's it. I've, yeah, just watching how it, you know, being with these other bands, it's like I want that. Like this is what you know, who wouldn't want that? So how do you do that? And then just trying to figure it out and make those steps well signing to a major label is certainly a step um in that direction i mean <laughs> you use the term selling out i mean if this was 20 years ago everyone would call you sellouts um you know a hardcore band signing to a major label uh, no i'm serious i'm just being serious i mean it, you know yeah, these, yeah. these days people don't seem as you know they don't seem to care as much about those kinds of things i don't know if they're more educated in the fact that a lot of this shit is just run by, you know, corporations and major labels anyway, no matter if you're on 
what label you're on. But, uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, that's a huge step for you guys to do that. And there's always pressure that comes with that as well, just because you have such a huge team of other people, um, you know, kind of looking over, you know, your shoulder, um, you know, kind of seeing what you're doing. Yeah, this is, it's, it's so, it's like, I don't know why a band wouldn't sign to, to a late, like to a label like that. You know, I like I said, I said selling out by, you know, I mean that in like the, like, I'm not going to try and write pop songs, you know, right, like, or right. have someone else write my songs or something. But like, you know, I don't, I think nowadays, yeah, it, it, the, the term, like the, what, like the line for selling out is, is, has been so far moved, like signing to a major label as like a DIY band isn't really that big of a deal. If anything, people have just been stoked for us. People are like, oh my God, like Roadrunner, that's crazy. Like I used to listen to Slipknot or like, <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's, it, I've, we've, I, I've not seen any, oh, you signed to a major label, like you sold out. Like we've, we've not had any of that so far. So yeah, yeah I think nowadays like selling out is a very, very different, like, uh, you know, different, different world you'd have to really do something out there to sell out so right. like, yeah signing to a major label is just like right but you know, know I, I come from a time and you, you know you you're a hardcore kid too and you know yeah probably more about hardcore than i do despite me being like <laughs> 10 years older than you and 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 the, the reality I, was I'm 28 though okay well i'm 38 i'm not young i'm not young <laughs> yeah I, I i know how old you are um but the, you know you know but seriously i mean there was a time when i remember um you know, bands would start singing like like hardcore bands would start using clean vocals, and people would call yeah. them sellouts. You know, I mean, any <laughs> slight change, it was like, uh, you know, uh, uh, bring out the pitchforks. You know, and yeah. and you know, there is some of that on your new record. You guys, I love the new record. By the way, I think it's thank you. It's awesome. I totally hear that. You know what you're talking about. Like this is your your first chance at, at like kind of a cohesive sound taking a stab of what higher power is but um but there are some points in this where i'm like am i listening to a hardcore band right now like because i (laughs) I almost feel like i could be listening to something on the radio in the 90s like there's so many shifts between uh genres that that i sometimes just i I like i love it but sometimes i don't even know what i'm listening to yeah well that was the thing like i obviously coming from hardcore like a very very deep rooted hardcore that's basically I've never played in a band that isn't a hardcore band so it's like that world to me I love it but it's also very like there's no longevity in a lot of current hardcore bands because they're just trying to sound they they you pick a sound you pick an era and you sound like that. Right. And as soon as you right. stray from that, people are like, oh, it doesn't sound like Breakdown anymore. Oh, you guys don't sound like Leeway anymore. And I noticed that from every other band I've been in that like, we never got further than a seven inch or maybe one LP. And I was like, why is this happening? Like, right. I, you know, I, I kind of like, what, why do, why have my bands got no longevity? Like, you know, I'm always trying to start a new band. So I was just like, I don't want to just make a hardcore record. Like, uh, yeah, I never went into it like being like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna make a hardcore record." Like, yeah, I don't. The record definitely wasn't written from that perspective of a hardcore record. We just wanted to write music. Like, we all listen to so much music. You can and, tell. Like, different you can types. definitely tell. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, so we just listened to so much times. It's like, well, why are we going to try and write a hardcore record? We don't just listen to hardcore. Like, obviously, yeah, we're, we're hardcore kids. Like, at the at the root of it all, we yeah. like you know we're just hardcore kids trying to experiment, really. But um, yeah, it was the the mindset was never to just write a hardcore sounding record. Just we just tried to bring in all, like all of our influences together. So absolutely, no, I, I'm just. There was a few points where, like, one of my favorite bands of all time is uh, Snapcase, and, th- yeah, and there are points. Snapcase. There are points when I'm like, this, like, this moment in this, this is like, this is so Snapcase, like your voice yeah. and the music and everything. Um, I'm also hearing, you know, a lot of Deftones, which I'm, I can imagine would be a big influence of yours as well. Yeah, yeah big. Um, or maybe uh, Glassjaw as well. So it's it's really cool yeah, hearing sure. those elements come together. I'm, I'm really enjoying the record. Um, now. This is, uh, you know, the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast, and you know, yeah. we're both singers. Uh, vocally for this record, I feel like you know you took kind of new strides. Uh, what was that like for you? Um, just kind of finding your voice um, and the voice that's going to be, you know, you know what you're going for on this record. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're kind of your your first major label release. Yeah, I, I it was. Uh... It was hard. It was definitely hard at times because I'm not like a, I'm not like a naturally good singer, and I'm still learning right. a lot. Like you know, I I I've only been singing since Higher Power started, like four and a half years, about four and a half years ago. So uh, I'm still figuring a lot of stuff out, and like, I but I also knew I had to push myself. Like you know, the way we the way we were writing songs was geared, like geared a lot more towards melody so I had to be like I've I've really got to step up and like you know and it also made it a lot easier for me that when we were writing it wasn't so much me just like you know before when we were writing I'd, I'd jam on guitar and I'd bring riffs and you know but this time the way we did it where everyone was there and we, and we did like pre-production and we did demos right which was a new pro- which was a new process for all of us like I could really like actually just focus on this like singing and the melody. So, um, yeah. And I think touring a lot definitely helped me figure out, you know, just, just singing every day. Like we tour so much. It's like, you know, I, I get to sing a lot. So it's obviously kind of in a, in a sense, I, I obviously still don't think I, I'm a good singer, but I can definitely tell that's fast tracked any progression I've made. Well, just being out. well, I mean, I, I listen to your fucking record and you are a good singer. So, so don't, don't say that, um, but it is <laughs> I don't natural. Think, yeah, I don't think, <laughs> well, I'm just, it is natural to, you know, um, like a lot of people tell me, you know, in this, on this podcast, they say like, I'm not a lead singer. I started out playing guitar, playing bass, playing drums, whatever. Yeah. I was the only one in the room that could kind of either carry a tune or was willing to do it. And I found myself yeah. here, you know, uh, thrown into the fire. And like now yeah. for you, I mean, for you, it's only been a few years and now the major labels are calling, you know, I mean, and all the focus is on you in something that you didn't spend like decades and decades practicing. Like yeah. you're, you're talking about you're in your, your early mid twenties when you start, you know, uh, trying to, yeah, trying to attempt. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, here and you are with, honestly, with all this pressure on you. I mean, I, I, you're doing, you're doing awesome. <laughs> it's cause it's like, yeah, honestly, like, I I sang in some bands when I was like like fourteen, fifteen, but I was never singing. I was just shouting. Right. I I tried to sing 
I'd probably I'd probably tried to say, I'd probably tried to sing in my bedroom and be like, oh, I'm bad at this, and never tried again. <laughs> yeah. but I honestly wish I'd kind of you know, like it's like I look back and I'm like, damn, those times I probably tried to sing or like play like a Blink One A Two cover or something. Like, I wish I'd just <laughs> gone. Uh, I should probably just keep practicing. I'll get better. But I was like, oh, I'm not a natural singer. I'll just carry on playing guitar and bass. Like that, that would be my focus. Yeah. But yeah, now I look back, I'm like, damn, if only, if only I'd not in my mid twenties, I'd be in a band that gets signed to Roadrunner and I have to sing in it. Like, you know, but it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's fun. It's, I like, I like to be, I like challenges as oh, well. Oh so yeah. It's fun. That's a, that's a challenge. All right. Like, yeah. And when I want to learn something, I get like super obsessed. So like, you know, like I went, it's, it's cool. I went for like a couple of singing lessons before doing the LP, but then I actually went for a couple after and I was like, fuck, I wish I'd had like, so like, you know, after doing recording oh, yeah. the record, I went for like, I went for a singing lesson and then I learned a lot more, you know, like I sang the songs with, with the woman and I learned like so much more and I'm like, fuck. But then it also is cool because it gives me room to progress on the next did, record, I guess. Absolutely. But, Who did you uh, see? This there's a woman in England called Stevie Lange. Okay. And uh she she uh she's she's in her sixties, I think, but she was married to Mutt Lange, if you know who he of is. Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, so she, that's his I think his ex wife. Um so she was teaching all of like de- like Def Leopard and that, how to like sing. Right. You know, she's so she like, was I'd the vocal coach. So, like, when he did all this, because he's a you know, John Mutlang is a huge uh, you know producer. He's done yeah, I mean, he's millions and millions of albums sold. I'm sure I, I can't think of any records off the top of my head that he did, um, but but like huge ones from back in the '80s. So it's so what yeah, he yeah. would so what the story is he would call his wife in to help these guys learn to sing. Yeah, yeah, I think that was pretty <laughs> much it because she yeah. was she was she was already a singer like. She uh she's she's insane. She was singing like rock and roll stuff, and like she showed me a bunch of old videos from back in the day. And she was like, I was, I I I was trying to figure out this sound as well. And then you know, and then she obviously like met Martin was doing all that. So yeah, she 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 can do everything. She's like a sixty year old woman. She was like she can scream and do this crazy wow. crazy vocal stuff. So yeah, so I went I went to her, and then it's like you know so that, that she definitely helped me out a lot it's all you know it's all just you can learn i guess if you put your mind to any it's what it's taught me as well being a singer is like you can figure pretty much anything out if you you know if you put the time in so well i, I love that mentality man yeah and just for people listening yeah. john robert john mutt Lange has recorded everybody from Shania Twain to Michael Bolton to Def Leppard to Brian Adams to The Cars yeah. to Muse to Nickelback to Maroon 5. Uh, oh, he also did ACDC Back in Black. No big oh, deal. Shit, so yeah, he's, yeah, yeah that's uh, quite the resume uh, for a producer. It's, it's, it's funny because like she in a little studio when bands used, she has all those bands autographs on the wall because I guess, you know, when bands used to give out the white. Uh, the white background photo, you know, the promo show on and sure. bands with China. She kept going like, oh, you you need to give me one of those. Like, <laughs> I need to, you need to give me one. I need one for my wall. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think you understand. Like, we're not, that doesn't really happen anymore. Like, no one asked my autograph. Like, Our, I'll tell you, Silverstein, <laughs> we're old enough that we have those. Those, yeah, we have. Dude, that's sick. Yep, when we started, that was a thing. Definitely the, the eight by 10 black and white 
promo shots where yeah, it yeah. says it has like the name <laughs> of the band and then the record label on the in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we I we, promised that one. I'm gonna make one for us. We uh, we made them like more recently, like in the last uh maybe like four or five years, we did it for like a VIP item. Um, oh, that's sick. So yeah. that like for a for a signing we had something to sign that wasn't like a huge poster. People you know, people yeah. have to carry around. So so yeah, you should do it. It's uh it's cool, it's different. You know, it's a throwback. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I used to see them when I was a kid, so I was yeah. like, you know, I'm like, I'm gonna make her one for sure because she's a she's a real sweet woman. She's cool. So. Awesome. Well, sp- speaking of producers, um, you worked with Gil Norton, um, and he's no yeah. he's no uh, John Mutlange, I guess, but he's no slouch at all. Um, no, you know what was it like for you being, you know, uh, like you said yourself, an inexperienced singer, having that dude listening to your voice through the monitors the same way that he listened to Dave Grohl and Jim Atkins of Jimmy World and Davey Havoc. Like, these are all, you know, records that Gil Norton's made. What was that feeling like? I mean, that that guy's a legend too. It was so... I was just like, I'm not ready to record with this guy. Like, for the, the (laughs) the first week was like, I was like, I'm not... I'm not ready to sing like for on a record made by this guy. Like it was a suit. It was actually a very big mental struggle for me because I knew I could sing the songs, but like as soon as I got in the booth, I just froze off and I was like, you know, I was just like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And I, I feel, I feel like, I feel like he, I was trying to, you know, I feel like he was used, I thought everyone he worked with would just go in and do it in like one or two takes. Cause he's, making these world-class records, you know what I mean? And I, yeah. So in my head, I was like, oh, I'm going to go in. It's going to take me like 20 takes and I'm going to, right. my voice is going to crack. And, and then, but then after spending time with him and doing pre-production, it was like, I just, he was just so nice and he just, you know, was so reassuring Yeah. that like by the end, I, I loved it. Like, you know, like I said, once I got to know him, and we spent time together and, you know, you just realize that everyone's human and no one's doing it all in one take. And, yes. Yes. You know, it's, yes, absolutely. It's cool. You're right. You're absolutely right. And, um, you know what, but what a lot of people don't understand too is when you're a singer and you're in the booth, you know, a lot of times, a lot of other music has been recorded at this point and everyone's yeah. kind of been waiting for this day where Jimmy or whoever is going <laughs> to sing their first note. And, so you're there and the whole usually the whole band's there, everyone's listening, the you know, the producers waiting and like you feel naked. You know? Yeah, you dude. feel like <laughs> you know, you feel so exposed. Um yeah. and, and like you don't know how loud that vocal is up in that control room. No. And it's it really is like a feeling that I think until you do it as a singer, you can't really explain. Um, no. the, that kind of feeling. And it's, it's, it's weird. It's a, it's not a pressure as much as it's just, a. it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, it's just, you're so self-conscious in there. Like, yeah. and I, like, I'm not like, I feel like a lot of people, but like would have spent time recording and, you know, but I, I'm obviously like pretty in, when it comes to recording vocals, I'm pretty inexperienced. I've only record like yeah. recorded in a studio like a couple of times so yeah i was like oh i'm thrown in at the deep end here like fuck but once i got over that mental block 
he was fine. And Gil was, he, Gil's so nice. He like, you know, he's like, we'll turn the lights down. He got me some Christmas lights. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, he, I do he that too. Me, like, I do little, the light thing too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was so sick. Like, and I, I, I wore these shoes every time I recorded, you know, just little, little f- dumb things to help me get over that mental block. But you know, yeah, like it, once like me and Gil, like once you become friends with someone, it's cool. Like you can get over it. But yeah, that first week was like so tough. Like just trying to just be like, all right, like, you know, just, just getting it done and just the confidence in it. You know, as a singer, like if you, if you're not confident in what you're doing, like it makes it 10 times harder. So once I'd built that confidence, you know, he get, we did the lights and I had my special shoes and all this. Like it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it Mama said it, they it, was my special shoes. My special, my recorded <laughs> shoes. <laughs> they yeah, could take so. me anywhere. <laughs> oh. They were actually shoes that like I had that I was like, these are, these are so wild. I'm never going to wear them outside. And they were real comfy. So I was like, I'm just going to wear them when I record. And then they kind of just became my like, you know, like good luck charm in there. So, <laughs> Hey man, whatever works, right? Yeah, you know, you gotta find something that works. So. Oh man, that's no, that's great. But I mean, this new sense of melody within your music, and I know we've touched on it a little bit already. Um, but that's a big undertaking when you're used to just kind of shouting in a band, and it's more about yeah. the the power of it, the rhythm of it, the attitude of it, and of course about the lyrics. And yeah. once you take out the aggression and the shouting you know, and that sort of like ramming whatever you're trying to say down somebody's throat and you start putting it into a melody that could be played on a fucking violin, you know, or like any other instrument. It adds such a yeah. different emotion, but it also changes the way that you probably were expressing yourself. How did you find that, you know, going into this record, you know, taking singing, the approach to singing so much more uh, seriously, I guess? Uh, how did you find that, you know, in, in terms of the writing side? I honestly just listened to a lot of records where I felt that the emotion really came through in the melody. So, like, people with very exaggerated voices, like, you know, like like Glassjaw, for instance. Yeah. Like, yeah. His, his, his voice, he really brings, like, like Daryl can sing, but it also sounds so, like, Emo- that you can hear the emotion in the singing like it's also it's almost it's all, almost like cartoonishly like right like right. emotional like right. same with Alice in Chains like you can you can really like hear like when he's singing about being like a like a drug addict you can hear like like that in it resonates but it's like there's still melody there so I just really I, I just really listened to a lot of music that I found that in and just really tried to figure out like, you know, like just listen to it and, and just let that be my inspiration for like, you know, when you just listen to, I just listened to that nonstop, like all of those, all of those bands I'd found, I really just only listened to that and just let that be my only, like my only reference point for it. Just so that's what I had. And I think that's just how it, how, how I found the, you know, the way to do it because that when I when that was all I was listening to that's all I knew you know so right. like, I was like oh, I, I want to sing this bit like this so I kind of blocked out any other music that was was like that and I just really tried to focus on trying to get this emotion across in a way but with melody and yeah I just found that that helped a lot and I think just like I put 
lyrically as well, I, I put a lot of things very bluntly on this record that when I did sing them, they kind of did bring up those emotions. I, yeah. I didn't try and, co- I didn't really try and cover anything up with metaphors or try and write anything in a, in a very fancy poetic way. I really just tried to lay it all out very best. So when I, when I did, you know, read it back and sing it, it did evoke that emotion in me. So I, I think that made it a lot easier. And it was very, and a lot of the subjects I was writing about were very fresh as well. So absolutely. Uh, that all, yeah. that all matters for sure. Um, yeah. I've got, uh, I got a fan question here really quick. Oh, I have a fan. That's cool. Uh, you have, yeah, <laughs> you do. You have, you have many fans. Um, it, uh, the, the question is, um, is his last name really wizard? And has he seen the movie, the wizard? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is Wizard. Alex, my brother, plays drums yeah. in Higher Power. With a, yeah, it's it's actually Wizard. Um, I don't know where it comes from in my family. Um, that side of my family where it comes from. Uh, well, obviously you were a fucking bit, Wizard. A bit eccentric. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah obviously Wizard. That's badass. Well, it's funny, you know, my so my last name is also like a regular English word. Uh, yeah, told, T-O-L-D. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it, it's not sexy like Wizard. You know, I mean, but people still ask me if it's a stage name. Like, if That's I could crazy. choose anything in the world, why would I fucking choose that? Yeah. But people ask me. Yeah. So, Dude, you're, I, oh, I, you're never going to, that that question, you're going to be asked that forever. I mean, you probably I know, have and, been. I'm, and I'm like, I've, I, I kind of think it's worse that people think it's a stage name, like, like <laughs> I know I, what you mean. I'm like, oh no, I didn't make up a name for myself. Like this is my real name. It's just how it is. Like and it is honestly, it it's worked out great for me in life. I, I guess I'm lucky to have had it because you know it's it's obviously interesting. It's a conversation point, and it it probably gets me out of some weird situations sometimes with like border patrol and, oh, and right. police and stuff. So, you know, I, at least I think it, sometimes it lightens the mood. I'm right. like, yeah, it's wizard. Like, you know, I, as a kid, I was obviously like, Oh God, why have I got this weird name? I already look weird enough. Like, <laughs> got this big gap tooth. Like I didn't, I obviously this doesn't help. Like, you know, but then the older I get, you know, it obviously becomes a, an interesting, an interesting thing. So yeah, I guess sure. I can't, I can't be too mad about it. But have you seen the movie The Wizard? That's that's a good question. No, I haven't. I'm not, I'm not very good at watching movies. Okay, well, The Wizard, if anyone doesn't know yeah. what The Wizard is, so it's a movie from, well, the early 90s, and yeah. uh, it's with Fred Savage, you know, from The Wonder Years, uh, yeah. and all that, that actor. So it was a promo. Basically, the whole movie was paid for by Nintendo, and it was a promotional movie for when super mario brothers 3 was coming out it's literally a commercial for for nintendo and it it, the kid what's really actually interesting though is the kid in it is named jimmy oh wow and he is and as, as, as as long as i think i remember the plot correctly the plot is this kid jimmy he is like the wizard and he's really really like really great at video games and they bring him into this and this is like dude this is 25 years before fucking twitch came out okay but they bring him into this forum and he gets to like play super mario brothers 3 for the first time like him against these other you know um video game wizards and that's the name of the movie and it's 
I have it's probably terrible looking back. Yeah. But at the time I remember I saw it in the theaters like opening day because I was like obsessed with Super Mario. Um I was I was like twelve or something. And uh yeah, the movie is I don't know if it's worth watching, uh like seriously watching, but it's I- I'm gonna go back and check it out because I bet it's yeah, hilarious. I was, gonna, I was gonna say I didn't I was like, what's a wizard got to do with Super Mario? But that makes sense now. Yeah, that's uh that's it. Uh, I'll try yes. to watch it, but on- honestly, I'm I'm like my attention span is so bad. I suck at watching movies. Like people get so mad at me then when they're like, "Oh, have you seen this like basic movie that everyone's seen?" Like, I don't know, like Back to the Future or something. And I'm like, I've never seen it. Like, right. like Lion King. I've never seen Lion King. Like, I've just <laughs> I'm just so bad so at watching. Movies. So you haven't seen Forrest Gump? Uh, I've seen. I've tried to watch okay. it. Okay, so, so you got my my uh, special shoes reference at least. I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> it's funny. It's I've amazing seen... what you can what you can gather about a movie without actually seeing it, just from it being yeah. referenced all the time. Yeah, I I, I just know Forrest Gump because of the the Bubba accent, like right, you know, like that. That's <laughs> you know that's that's it. Like and the Forrest Gump accent, like I know so much about it just from that alone. That like. I did try to watch it once. Um, I, I can't remember how it ends at all, so I must have just stoned out or fallen asleep. But it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's a tremendous <laughs> movie. It and it, uh, it's it's one of those movies that I think I came, I came out around the same time as The Wizard. Actually, um, it would have yeah. come out in like 1994. So you know, I saw it when I was like 12 or 13 years old, and uh, I guess I would have been 13 years old. And it's one of those movies that like you you watch periodically through your life and. As you gain more life experience, you can kind of take something away from the movie every time you watch it. And yeah, I yeah. love, I love when when art can do that, whether it's film yeah. or books or even music. Um, well, that's know, the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing. I want, I really want to start getting into watching movies because I get asked a lot, like, "Oh, what what books or movies inspire you?" Or, you know, like, and I'm and I and I'll see. I have friends that are like, "Oh, this this." movie inspired this artwork and i'm like oh, i feel like i'm i'm missing out on a whole world of things by like sure. not having watched so many movies mm-hmm. growing up but so like i'm trying to make a conscious conscious effort to like watch more movies now to because like, i i've i've started to realize how like inspirational they can be for people because totally. as a kid i didn't really you know, did, didn't really you know as a singer yeah. as a singer it's a really great thing to do when you have a day off on tour um, yeah. just because you, you know, you go into the dark theater for a couple hours, you don't use your voice. Like you kind of just rest your voice a little bit, yeah. which is nice on an off day and just kind of take something in and distract yourself a little bit. I like, I love going to see a movie or even two movies yeah. on a day off. So look into it. Like, yeah, I went, yeah, I'm going to get, I'm going to start getting into it. There I you go. Draw, there you go, man. My mind. Uh, I got a couple questions. <laughs> I want to, I do want to talk about you being, uh, such a, acclaimed and successful um, and prolific tattoo artist too. Um, oh yeah. You've, you've been doing that for a long time. Yeah. Like since seven or eight years now. Yeah. Yeah. A while man. And it's like, like, so like, here's the thing. Like I honestly, all so what I'm doing now playing in the band touring full time is, is what I always wanted to do, but it's obviously hard. Like, like it's not, it's not a very lucrative business. Like, um, so like when I started towing, it was at a time when I wasn't in any bands and, you know, things weren't really working. Like a bunch of my bands are broken out, uh, up. I just moved to like, I just moved to Leeds and yeah. I was just hanging out. At you know, I'd always been interested in towing and 
I'd always been get I've been getting tattoos from like a young age, um, but I kind of just fell into it. To be honest, as a uh, you know, as a 20, 20 year old kid, someone's offering you a job where you don't have to wear any kind of work uniform. You can work <laughs> your own hours. Like, I sure. I jumped at it like, and it's cool, and it's given me so much. But um, yeah, it's funny because now in modern life, I'm like, you know, I'm like I. I love tattooing. It's given me so much, but it's like, I'm like, Oh, I really, I actually really wanted to be in a band. So like, I'm going to try and push that. So like, you know, I, I haven't really been tattooing full time for the past few years. So I've really been focusing on this, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's fun, man. It's a, do you have, it's a really uh, cool. do you have fans of your band try to get tattooed f- by you? It must happen. Yeah. I get kids, I get kids come up at shows and, uh, be like, oh, have you got your have you got your machines with you? Like, I'd love to get a tattoo, and I'm like, uh, I never bring my stuff on tour just because it's too much responsibility to take care of it and not lose yeah, it. Or if the sure. back, we we've been robbed, so I, I'm uh, I'm always, you know, I've never been like, uh, I've never really bought it out with me just because I I hate I would, I'd hate to have the responsibility of losing my like thousands of pounds worth of machines that I probably won't be able to afford to buy ever again. So <laughs> yeah, I, well. I don't really bring my stuff out. But yeah, I, I've been tired a bunch uh, in between tours at home since this. So this uh, between uh, December and January was the first time we had like two months at home in the past few years. So I actually got really back into tattooing because I had the time and, you know, it was, it was really fun again. And it was cool to like, to, you know, come to, to come home and actually be able to tow and, and focus on that again for a bit. It was, it was really fun. So yeah, this past few months I've been quite busy with it, but obviously now we're back out on tour for another well, few months. Well, with the success that I think 27 miles underwater is about to have, I think you're going to have all kinds of people, all kinds of fans asking you to tattoo higher power or, or, or something yeah. from the, on you. And you're going to have to be like, am I cool with this? Is this weird? I don't know. I don't yeah, know if I should do this, but um, I think it's kind of, I think it's rad. I mean, uh, you know, people come to me just for like, they want me just to write something, you know, on a piece yeah. of paper to get tattooed or like whatever. Um, but if I Dude, could actually cool. tattoo it on them, I don't know if I would, that seems, seems strange. It's scary. But it's yeah. Cool. Something scary yeah. about it. Doing tattoos in itself is like a lot of responsibility. You're putting something on someone forever. So yeah. like, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, I've always, I've kind of always tried to keep them separate just because I know I don't have time to do both at the same time. Right. And, you know, I'd much rather focus on higher power because I can towing. I can kind of, I can just tow when and where, yeah. like, you know, so I can, ju- it is like, you can do it. At your, like I've been towing out of my kitchen between this tour because <laughs> I've not had time to sort out like a guest spot or something. And I can do that because I have everything and I, you know, I obviously know enough about sterilization and, you know, like all of that side of it, you know, and I can't, so I, I can do it anywhere. I've got the means. So it's cool. Like, so I've always tried to just kind of keep them separate. And again, yeah, because it is like, I don't, I'm not sure how, whether it's like, would I even, if someone came to me and was like, will you do me a higher power tire? It's like, I don't even know if I'd do that. Like, right. I'd probably be like, I've got so many band tattoos that like it, at the time I love and like, it's not like I hate them now, but I'm a bit like, uh, I kind of wish I didn't wear that on me all the time. Like, 
Yeah. You know? well, hey, um, hey, I mean, that's that's the whole thing about tattoos is like they're of a time, right? Yeah. I mean, and they don't go yeah. away. Uh, I mean, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, Frank Carter, uh, he does like he's so into tattooing. He does it like all on the road, too, doesn't he? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, honestly, I, yeah. Don't, I don't know how he does it because like touring is hard. Like, to, I don't know if I, I probably it's probably just me not having the mental capacity to like be focused on two things at once. But yeah. yeah, honestly, I don't yeah. know how he does it where, where he tours and tattoos. It's just like, it's, 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 they're long days, man. Like you're tattooing all day and you <laughs> yeah. got to go to a show. You know, so Absolutely. like fair play to him for like pulling that off. Because yeah, like I said, I think it's something that I've just never tried to do because I'm like, I think I was like, no, I don't think I have the mental capacity to, you know, just really pull both off at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like a lot. Well, Jimmy, um, I know you're, you guys are heading on the road. You're heading to, is it El Paso tonight? Yeah, it's a long drive. El Paso. Long drive. Um, but uh, enjoy, enjoy Texas and and um, the rest of the tour. Anything else to tell the people before I let you go? Um, no, I, I don't think I have anything profound to say. I'm actually, I'll tell you something that I actually listen to this podcast when I'm home and I walk my dog. So it's kind of nice. cool to actually like be. Oh, ha- like, well, happy to have you, man. The, um, yeah, I'm really, really glad that you enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah, I listen to like, I, I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts, walking my dog. So I just, and this is one that I actually do listen to. So dude, I'm, it's actually kind of cool to, to, uh, to be a part of it now. Well, thanks man. So. Thank you so much. Well, <laughs> as, if you do listen to the podcast, then you know, um, I always play tunes at the end. So, um, yeah. what higher power song from the new record shall I rip for the people? <sighs> oh, that's a hard one. I I've, know. At hard. the moment. At the moment, I'm really loving Lost in Static because we st- just started oh, playing yeah. it live, obviously, and it's fun. Like I love it so, too. That's my favorite song from the new record too. Yeah. So let's go for that. Well, let's, let's rip it. That. All right, here it is: Lost in Static, Higher Power on Lead Singer Syndrome. Static film, the space between us and our energy is ever. Our energy gets wasted And every time you come around There's always blood in the mouth And I'm left with a bad taste Now I wanna spit you out Now watch our world disconnect As you blast off in your spaceship Yeah.
is music, new music from Higher Power. A great new record is out now. Go check it out. I want to thank Jimmy. I want to thank Amy for setting this up. And I want to thank you for tuning in this week. I want to thank all the members of the All Access Club for keeping this thing going. Hit that subscribe button. I know I tell you all the time, but it's important. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. And of course, check out my band Silverstein on tour right now, celebrating 20 years. I will see you all next week. Peace and love.